and you hear the dogs barking. And it's 8 o'clock on a Friday night. You know it's time for Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. Yay! Uh, last week was crazy and it was a sold out show and that's so funny because today it's back to normal. Ah! <laughs> I didn't have any time to promote this fire fucking setup. T- tonight the lineup is so fucking fire. I'm so excited about um, the, the comics we have on the list. Uh, I specifically chose an all-male lineup tonight because it's a Women's Day or some shit like that. Ah, bring on the sausage party, eh? right? Okay, um, clap while I run around to the, to the thing. Okay, clap. There it is. That's the clapter I was looking for. Uh, it is International Women's Day or something like that. I don't even know what that means. It's a day. I've been thinking a lot about this, and I don't even know. I've, I've been really nice to sex workers lately. Anybody, anybody like your local sex worker? Anybody value labor? Anyone else a Marxist? Just me? Cool. Uh, I have been looking at all of the ladies of the night and it makes me crazy right now that we don't value their labor. Like, their labor is illegal. I'm sorry, we're starting with a TED Talk tonight because it's International Women's Day. And I'm like, oh yeah, women's work. What, fucking dudes for free? Well, not for free. Well, who knows? Sometimes guys don't pay. I don't know, they're bigger than us. What are we supposed to do? Get a pimp. Give our labor away to someone else. Okay, just I'd really be nice, be kind to your local sex worker. They work really hard. And um, yeah, women own, owning your labor. Uh, I don't. I, I'm supposed to be a feminist today. You know who's the worst feminist right now in the whole world? The first lady, right? Melania. What's her name? Do you know her name? Is it Melania or Melania? Melania. 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 Yeah, I don't know what her name is because she's never told us. She never speaks. <laughs> I get it. Third wife eyes down, but beautiful, beautiful trophy wife. Gorgeous. She even looks gorgeous when she uh, frowns. <laughs> She's frowning all the time. I've been looking at pictures of their son, uh, Baron, and I think I found America's next favorite school shooter. <laughs> He's like, America's next top school shooter. He frowns in every picture, and he still looks cute doing it. It's great. I feel terrible. I'm like, Melania, you know, show us on the doll where he touched you. Are you okay? Blink twice if you're okay. Because she never speaks. I'd like to make fun of her accent. Where is she from? Slovenia or Slovakia? Which of those countries? Yeah, they both border Hungary, and my God, she's starving. <laughs> it's like, someone give that bitch a sandwich. <laughs> yeah, Melania. I want to make fun of her accent, but I can't because I don't know what she sounds like. <laughs> I can't. Hi. Because she never speaks. Say something in any language. Happy Women's Day. Happy Women's Day. Welcome to the sausage party. Yay! I like to consider myself a dude. I wish that I had been born a boy. I wish that I had all the rights and privileges attached with the penis, the respect. It's hard to be a woman, you know? A woman makes a decision and they form a committee. (laughs) A man makes a decision, it's just decided. That was the set up on that. I mean, I love the glass ceiling, right? I understand it so much. I just want to lean in to the glass ceiling with my titties so that you can see my cleavage better. You know what I mean? Because that's how you get ahead. Am I right, ladies? 
I, I'm a, I'm excited about feminism actually right now because it's one of those things, oh, make men stop objectifying women. Make them stop. And it's like, okay, that's not part of feminism. Feminism, feminism is the ability to equally objectify men. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, 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 y'all in your 20s and you're hot. Like, it's, it's, just, it's just that women finally get to objectify men. Oh, no. Okay. Ah! she's doing it back maybe if you guys could take a fucking cat call you damn daffodil babies i'm in a mountain there's no girls are talking to me oh hi sausage party so i i actually wanted to be a boy when i was growing up and i, I don't have a lot of trans moments i only have one moment when i was 11 and i was like god i want to be a boy like i literally thought about it because i was a mediocre girl ballerina but if i would have been a boy I would have been a star. You guys, my mediocre girl ballerina was better than any of the boy ballerinas that existed. And I was like, I went to my teacher and I said, can I wear the black tights and the white shirt and can I play the boy parts? I would love to. I'm strong. I've got big legs. I want to be a boy. And they were like, no, no, you can't do that. You have to continue being a mediocre girl ballerina in the back, waving a flower back and forth. Blah, 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 blah. I want to be a star. I just want to be a boy. It would have been great. Yeah, I wouldn't have been. It's, it's that whole lean-in book. Uh, as a little girl, I was called bossy, and boys are called leaders. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I love being a girl. That's the thing is, I would actually, if I became a boy, I still love dudes. I'm just like a gay man trapped in a woman's body. I'm just like, I love dudes. They're great. Just want all the special rights and privileges. Hi! Talking about feminists, happy Women's Day. We've been talking about sex workers owning their labor because of Marxism. It was a TED Talk in the beginning. Just catching you up on a little bit of socialism. Yeah, that's good. It's Women's Day, though. There's one thing I, I just I do like to remark on it is that they say that raising children is women's work, and okay, I get it. And if you just think about it, you don't even you don't get a W-2. There's no social security. You could be the best mom. You could raise kids. People say it's the best job ever, and you never get paid anything it's it's like it's like being a less respected teacher <laughs> like, it's great uh i had a i i was talking earlier about um the biggest dick i ever saw since we're talking about me wanting to be a dude when i was when i was 23 years old i was I started teaching special ed for $24,000 a year. Right, women's work, just not respected. Am I right? And I was teaching um, retards, but they really, literally were. They had IQs under 80. That was the whole thing. They were like literally on the scale. They were retarded. Like that's a thing. It's like a te technical term. Also, I wasn't paid barely anything for four years, so I've earned that fucking right to say the R word. All right, okay, gonna use it liberally. Retard. Okay, so there was a retard in the bathroom, and he starts screaming. He's screaming, and I'm substituting for this class, and I'm 23 years old, and I look at the other teacher dates, and I'm like, something's going wrong. And they're like, N you know, whatever. And then I'm like, okay, go along with the day. I'm teaching someone how to fold laundry, and we're like making like lunch together, like mac and cheese and stuff. And I hear it again in the bathroom, screaming, screaming. Rah! Like I'm, I'm like, something is wrong. In the Does anybody? Gotta check on this? No one checks. They're like, don't worry about it. It's fine. A third time, I just I couldn't let it go. Screaming, screaming, screaming. So I, I open the door, and what I see is um, a guy on the toilet 
Um, and the first thing I see is a 17 inch dick and I'm not even like, I'm not, it was that big. It's, it was, it was the biggest dick I've ever seen. And I was married to a black guy. So I was like, Oh my God, I thought it, it, it was like, it was like this, it was insane. It was, and he was, he had, and I remember the back of his head was kind of flat and his hair was very kind of greasy and he was laughing and laughing and stroking this huge cock in front of me, just laughing and laughing. And I closed the door and the teacher aides go, he gotcha. <laughs> like he's done this to other substitute teachers. They're like, yeah, that's kind of his thing. And like. You can't get mad at the guy. He's got like an IQ under 80. He's got the biggest cock anyone's ever seen. And I don't know if there's like retard fetish porn. Like, I don't know if this guy has a future. Is that too far? That's where you pull back. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. I've, I'm a terrible person. I realized this week I'm a monster. I'm, I'm, I'm a monster. No, I realized I have a lacrimation fetish. This is, anybody know what the word lacrimate means? It has nothing to do with big, huge words, which I also have a fetish for. <laughs> that would, I guess that would be etymology maybe. But I, uh, I realized, uh, and, I've, and I'm going to say it in front of Jonathan. Jonathan, I'm a monster. Um, I, uh, I get turned on when I see men cry. So now I, I was thinking about, I was thinking about some of the fights we've had and then I'm like, was I picking fights with him and saying specifically mean things to make you cry so that it would make me super horny? <laughs> I'm, I'm a monster. I don't, maybe I was, maybe that's why I push it so far sometimes is I, I, well, I love that. I love how he says if you're, that's the thing is I love, I love it. <laughs> it's the vulnerability. I find the vulnerability so like, <laughs> I love the vulnerability. It's not like an R. Kelly thing. It's not like a, it's not like a power thing. It's like I just okay. Yeah, it's a, don't talk about your lacrimation fetish. Wow, keep using big words. Language is political. We can go there. It's things words words we say actually do have power and meaning. And when I use the word retard, it isn't cool. I know some people have family members and they have special needs. I get it, and I am joking and bringing it on this. But language is political. We call people names and things, and it has it has power to it and makes a difference. And on on National Woman's Day, <laughs> I'd like to say I'm a female. Right. You're a person. Yeah, we are humans. We're all people. I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. <laughs> so I have to call myself a feminist because it's the only word without the word men in it. It's a spelling joke. I gave you guys the cue before that it was a spelling joke with the people and feminist is spelled with an I. A lot of people don't know how to spell. They just T9 their way through life. You know what I mean? Like, no one can spell feminist. It's like, that's why everyone hates that word. I think they're like, I'd rather use cunt face than feminist. It's like, yeah, I know. I totally prefer. I, I don't want to call myself a feminist either. It's like a dirty word now, right? And it's because like, uh, there's an I in it. I am a feminist. Oh no! Also, I can read. She's a witch. <laughs> like, ah! These these newfangled women and their ideas about equality. I'll uh, I'll end on this my lately most favorite joke about equality. I think that uh, PG-13 movies need to get more into equality. Right? If you cover up a nipple with a pasty, you can have 180% side boob. Right? 
totally PG-13. You can see butts, cool. But what I say is I wanna see some side scrot for equality, right? Because if you have the balls cupped, no one can see the genitals, the dick is hardened out of the frame, what we get to see is some you know, nice, veiny. So what I'm saying is that I'd like to see, I'd like to see Nick Cage come back in a film, right? <laughs> But it's like, it's directed by Martin Scorsese. So what we have is the sunset is going down and uh, he's in an infinity pool kind of thing. And he's coming up the stairs. And, uh, and so his balls are still in the water and his dick is above the stairs. And what we get a shot of is this like beautiful stained glass, like side scrote for equality, right? Seriously, I wanna say no genitals were seen in the making of this joke. It was. Want to side scroll for equality? Are we on board? You guys are not on board. If you are like, we don't want to see side scroll. <laughs> we just don't want. Boobs are like fleshy and pretty. I penises are ugly. <laughs> side scroll. It's interesting. It's unusual. Fun, right? Fun bags. That's what they call boobs. Uh, okay, I went too long. Yay! Uh, <laughs> end on fun bags. I'm jealous of people with big boobs. I always have been. Oh, I know. It's okay. Oh, thanks, honey. This is really nice. I feel like tonight's been like a lot about my therapy and like my my Marxist ideals. Uh, so this is uh, this is crazy sausage party night. Uh, we're gonna sing a little song. If you know how it goes, sing along with me. I forgot how it goes. I'm so high right now. I M U T I N Y comedy clubhouse comedy clubhouse. comedy clubhouse. Together we will bring our jokes up high. High high high. I feel like tonight we can actually smoke pot inside without like worrying about anything, right? <laughs> and does anybody have a problem with it? Does anybody have a problem with smoking pot inside? Okay, good. We're gonna, we're gonna smoke pot. M-U-T-I-M-Y Comedy Clubhouse. You wanna come inside my clubhouse? Yay! Matt, if you don't want us to hotbox, we won't. You're the one dead. Are you okay? Okay. I worry because you have children and I find you to be responsible. We have like, maybe you are, maybe you are, I don't know. You present as a very responsible person. Tonight is, there's, this is a crazy lineup. I'm so excited. And we have all these really funny guys and it's gonna be great. What would I, what would I do? Really funny people. I'm excited for the listening audience at home, the joy and wonderment that's about to befall your ears. Do you, does anyone wanna, do you wanna, I didn't come up with a list. Do you guys wanna like uh, make eye contact with each other and figure it out? And then one of you like, <laughs> like can you awkwardly like make eye, it's like this thing I learned about RJ Argentinian tango. You're supposed to look at someone, and if they look away, that means they don't want to dance with you. But if they make eye contact and they look at you, then you're like, oh, we can dance. And then you have to dance for three songs. But this is only like 10 minutes plus of jokes. Also, I'm going to be on the timer, but if you're murdering it and we're all laughing, I'm not going to stop you. Um, so there's a strange challenge to throw out. <laughs> See if you can eat up all the time. Just kidding, don't do that. Uh, but did you guys make eye contact and figure it out? Do you know who's on the thing? It's these six guys. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do, do you want to fight it out? Do you want to Rosham? Does that someone, does someone feeling it? You know when that game when you used to do in acting, when like someone would just, you start one, two, three, you know, you used to act. The game where everybody, who's doing it? Who's moving? <laughs> Come on, guys. Casey is in his seat. He is sat. He is not, has not even like made like a motion of like, oh. Dan Aguinaga, everybody. Yeah. Thank 
you very much, Pam. And thank you for pronouncing my name kind of right. That was close. It's Aginaga, if anyone gives a shit, which no one does, I know. But uh, Aginaga, yeah, you do. You've been doing some research on me, haven't you? We're roasting each other in, in two weeks, so this should be good. Uh, no, it's Aginaga. It's a weird last name. I'll give it to you guys. It's, uh, it kind of sounds Japanese if you think about it, Aginaga. And uh, a lot of people actually expect to see a Japanese person uh, when they hear that name, which made for some pretty awkward job interviews in the past. Seriously, no, HR person wouldn't do their research, expect to interview someone Asian, then I show up and they realize they're interviewing someone stupid. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, no, it's a weird last name. I was surprised that my wife decided to take it because now she's Asian on paper too. And uh, I'm just happy she married me, to be honest with you, because I could be such a bummer, a real bummer to date, man. She, dates, she deals with me like day and night, sometimes in the middle of the night because I'm a big sleep talker. Any other sleep talkers here? No, just me? That's cool. Uh, now, sleep talking is, is interesting because um, it's not that weird when you're sharing a bed with someone who knows you, right? Who loves you. They just see you talking in your sleep in the middle of the night. Like, oh, that's my psycho husband. But it's a lot weirder when you're sharing a bed with someone you, uh, when I was single and they knew you for like an hour or two. That was a lot. That made for some awkward mornings. Uh, like one time I, was, uh, I woke up from a long night out and uh, the girl who had stayed over, she was right next to me, and uh, she had looked like she had stayed up all night. Looked like she had seen a ghost, to be honest with you. And I was just like, oh shit, like, you okay? She's like, we need to talk about what you said to me last night. I was like, shit, what did I say? You told me that you loved me. Oh, wow. Yeah, this actually happened. And I didn't know what to say, I was beside myself. I was just like, ah, fuck, I, uh, Shit, I uh, uh, don't. Yeah, cri crisis averted. Yeah, thank God for that. Uh, yeah, I'm a big, big, big sleep talker. I'm also pretty into the dirty talk. Love me some dirty talk. Uh, the tricky thing, though, with dirty talk to me is it's hard to get out of dirty talk. Like once I get started, it's hard to get out of it. Like the only way out is for me to come, and. I feel like this is a, tr a problem most guys have. Girls don't have this issue at all from what I've seen because they could just go back and forth, normal talk, dirty talk, like it's nothing because let's face it, they're used to sex ending abruptly. Um, and, uh, and I have a, a story to prove this. So I was with another girl. This is a girl I dated for a while. She actually got me into dirty talk and uh, we're, we're kind of, you know, we're hooking up, uh, making out, like heavy petting, all that good stuff. And she's laying it on thick. She's saying some dirty shit like, I want to suck your fat cock. And I'm like, yeah, it's not that fat. And, uh, and uh, so we're doing that, going back and forth. And then all of a sudden she just pulls away, stops kissing me, pulls away and just goes, oh my God, Dan, I almost forgot to tell you. I got the promotion. And I was like you know, happy for her and everything, but we were in the middle of dirty talk. So all that came out was, ooh, you're a successful little girl, aren't you? And she could see on my face that I was in the middle of dirty talk mode, right? So she was just like, Dan, like, wake up, man. I got promoted to VP. I'm like, yeah? Well, you just got promoted to sucking this dick. So we broke up. Yeah, that breakup was, I was a little bitter about that because she had said some weird shit during our relationship and I forgave her completely. Like, uh, she was really into saying the word baby in bed. Like, not like sexy baby, like really like awkward, like daddy issues babies. Like, like she would change her voice. She'd be like, oh, baby, oh, baby. I'm just like, Jesus, what the fuck? And so I was, you know, one day I asked her, I'm like, can you please stop doing that? 
And she was like, yeah, sure, no problem. But then, lo and behold, next time we had sex, it happened again. And I was like, shit, this is a real problem. I'm gonna have to figure something out, do something drastic. And then one day I got an idea. If you're gonna treat me like a baby, then that's exactly what I'm gonna give her. So one day, next time we had sex, we were at our house, and uh, I remember vividly we were in the, in the um, missionary position, because I remember wanting to be face to face with her, and you know, I wanted this to really scar her. And she's doing this like super dirty like baby talk that's bothering me, and she's like, come for me, baby, come for me, baby. And so instead of coming the normal way, I just went, Thank you for laughing, Mark. Yeah, and uh, it worked. It worked, by the way. She had no more baby talk, no more sex, really, for the next few, few weeks. If anyone's offended by that joke, uh, I just want you to know I did run that joke by a few babies before this set, and uh, they were pretty cool with it. A couple of them cried. One of them shot their pants, which I took as a compliment, so... Yeah, uh, yeah. dirty talk is tricky, man. I blame porn. I really do. They're always laying it down thick on the pornos. I love porn. I, but something interesting to me happened uh, last week. I watched my first interracial porn, black guy with a white girl. Never did. I always watched white guys, white dicks, just because it was easier for me to imagine it was me. You know? At least from a skin tone perspective. Um, and... Uh, yeah, it was it was actually kind of hot. Like it was it was weird, but in a good way. You know, what I mean, like even like it felt forbidden, almost like dangerous. Like even the girl in the video was like, oh, "I shouldn't be doing this," and I was like, <laughs> "Me neither." <sighs> yeah, their dirty talk is different when it's uh, interracial. It's always race driven. You know, it's always like suck my big black dick or like fuck my tight white ass. It's like this never happens with two white people. It's always just yeah. It's just different. Girls never like said to me, it's like, oh yeah, fuck me with your ghost white medium dick. <laughs> Healthy medium, okay? Healthy medium. Okay, fun times. Uh, let's see. I don't know, man. I'm a sicko. It's like, I, it just, I need so much to get turned on now. I'm 33. Like, I just, it makes me miss the days when I was 20 and like a boob got me rock hard, you know? Now it's just so much different. Now I need like a, like a belt around my neck and a finger in my ass just to get a half chub. Yeah, and that's not to discount half chubs, but I love a good half chub. I know boners are all the rage, but there's nothing like a good half chub, you know, because it just makes it look bigger, soft. You know, I love that feeling. And that's not always the case with me. I'm what you would call a grower, right? We all know what that is. Yeah, it's a dick that requires patience. Yeah, it's weird too, man, because when it's hard, it's a decent size, but when it's soft, it's, it's like a white grape. It's just, it's pathetic. It really is. It's a dick that requires patience. It's a dick that teaches patience, is how I like to put it. You know, ladies in the audience, next time you're with a grower, treat it like you're building Ikea furniture. You know, at first you're looking at that small, skinny cardboard box, thinking to yourself, <laughs> there is no way this is turning into a dresser. But, you know, put some man hours into it, say a few curse words, and boom, you've built yourself a beautiful hemness, which of course is Swedish for decent-sized boner. <laughs> hemness. <laughs> yeah. I just want the trailer to match the movie is what I'm trying to say. That's all I'm saying. 
Yeah. When is Viagra going to come out with like a microdose pill for guys like me? You know, not to take before sex, just uh, if I want it to look a little bigger. You know, something I could take before a pool party or a, <laughs> a doctor's appointment. Just once I want to fill my doctor's entire hand. Just once. Wow, that joke killed compared to the other ones. I'm going to end on that. Thanks a lot, you guys. Dan Aguinaga. Hell yeah. Uh, Jonathan, just in here during your set, was informing me that the reason boys have morning wood is that they have to pee. So you can get a good half chub if you just hold your pee long enough. And that could help you out if you like that, if you like that fat half chub. I'd also that would also be nice to see that in PG-13 movies. Half job. I think I think I would be okay with that as well. Um, so I'm in a host from back here because it's easier and I feel more comfortable behind the board. <laughs> because yeah. Anyways, uh, does you guys do you want to do the eye contact thing again and figure out who, who's up next? Oh, he's doing it, everybody. Anthony Zaccaro. <laughs> Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, you know, I was uh, I was worried about roasting Daniel, and um, now I'm not. Um, but he's he's so. Can you get in, can you get in like a horrible accident in the next two weeks, please? Because I have nothing to be honest. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Jay Rich just texted me. He was wondering if the show was paid. Uh, okay, that's that's too inside baseball, I guess. Okay, um, I. <laughs> Uh, yeah, welcome to the showcase. Uh, the lineup looks like the <laughs> stages of drug use um, for all of those listening at home. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I just got some news that I'm uh, way unhealthier than I thought, and I knew I was pretty unhealthy to begin with. Um, but uh, my doctor said that I have the, the blood of someone that's 350 pounds. Um, and then he goes, which is weird because you're not that obese. That obese, he said, <laughs> that obese. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't think I was that bad. Like, my body is bad, but it's not that bad. Yeah, you know, like, my body is divorced, but he didn't kill his wife, you know? Like, it's like, it's not, like, my body went into the Pennsylvania field, but it didn't go into the Pentagon, right? Like, it's not that bad. Like, my body couldn't come up with a third for this joke format, but it didn't cop out and just mention it. Anyway, uh, I feel like this is the only room where that joke would have worked, and it kind of did. Um, I, I am I am very unhealthy, though. It's it was nice to figure it out, though. Like figure because for a while I just I had no idea what was going on. So it's nice to put a face to the pain. Um, but yeah, I. Uh, what else? Uh, but I, it's it could be worse, right? It could be worse. Like I I saw a news story that made me feel a lot better. So there, I saw that there was this guy that uh, he had a hundred and forty pound ball sack removed, and it left him with a one inch dick. This is true. I saw this in the New York Post. He had a hundred and forty pound ball sack removed, and it left him with a one inch dick. This guy's a walking would you rather question, and the answer the answer is neither. I defended him neither. This guy, uh, his name was Wesley Warren Jr. The article was nice enough to print his name and I was nice enough to repeat it here. Um, but yeah, so this poor guy, he, he it grew to 140 pounds. To put that into perspective, Tom Cruise is 145 pounds. So this guy's walking around with Tom Cruise in between his legs and not in the good way. Not, not in the way where you get hush money. Um, but yeah, so 
I just imagine walking around with that sideways. This guy looked like a capital B. And so he's walking around looking like he's trying to sneak someone into a movie. So he, he gets it removed and it leaves him with a one inch stick, which like this article was full of just bananas quotes. Like the, the article said it took a 13 hour procedure to remove his swollen sack. Each word in that sentence is worse than the previous word. 13, unlucky number. Hour, that's a long time. Procedure puts the first two in perspective. To remove, now I'm hooked. His swollen sack, Jesus Christ. Like, the, this article was full of them, right? It's, he said that he felt like he was a prisoner to the sack. And as someone who lived in Sacramento for many years, uh, I know the feeling. Uh, Sacramento is the Denny's of California. Um, you don't leave your house to go to a Denny's, you just somehow end up at a Denny's. Uh, but yeah, so he, uh, he got it removed and uh, to pay for the surgery because the healthcare system in this country is so bad, he, had to, he tried to sell it to like oddities people on eBay after the fact, which I, which is, I would have bought it because furniture is expensive. Um, <laughs> And it would be a great conversation starter. Are you kidding me? Like, hey, Anthony, where'd you get this beanbag chair? Interesting choice of words. Funny you should ask. Uh, he had to bring a milk crate with him when he went on the bus. Before he got it removed, he had to bring a milk crate with him to rest. Uh, I don't know if you remember this, but what's written on the side of a milk crate? Not for any other use other than transporting milk. Uh, this is what they meant. <laughs> this is exactly what they meant. Uh, Wesley Ward Jr. He died. He died. Um, rest, rest in peace, Wesley. Um, a lot of a lot of names. I, I've said his name so much. I shouldn't. Well, so did the New York Post. But uh, but yeah, uh, name. A lot of names have been really upsetting me lately. Like uh, I found out that there's a, a a white mom and a white dad named their white kid Blade. Blade. There's a Y in there. I won't tell you where. The the. There's always a Y in all these new white names. White with a Y. Uh, but yeah. So Blade. So that kid's gonna grow up looking how he looks, and go his whole life having to introduce himself as as Blade. So he's gonna. Hi, my name's Blade. Blake. No, much worse. Uh, my, my parents hate me. Is silent. Um, I saw that there was another girl that was born named Oak Lynn. I didn't know you could gentrify names. I didn't know that that was, I didn't know that that was possible. Oak Lynn, same thing. Like, I, I, I hope, I hope she's into black guys. Um, statistically, probably. I mean, yeah, anyway. Uh, but yeah, uh, there was another story recently of a, a, a woman got upset at Southwest Airlines because uh, they made fun of her kid that was named ABCDE. ABCD. You're supposed to pronounce it ABCD, but it's the first five letters of the alphabet. Now, that's, a, that's just funny off the bat, but I read the article and it revealed that the kid has mental disabilities. Uh, retarded, as Pam would put it. Um, so that made the, that's a, a thousand times worse because this woman named her kid the first five letters of the alphabet, and the kid has learning disabilities. Could you imagine that kindergarten teacher on the first day collecting assignments and sees just the first five letters of the alphabet where the name line is, and go, "Oh, this is much worse than we thought." Um, 
she just looked around the room and was like, hey, all right. Um, I like my name. I like my name. I feel like you can, there's a lot of bad names out there. Like uh, some, sometimes people are named after where they were conceived, like Brooklyn, London, or Paris. Uh, this is unsettling to me because my girlfriend's name is Allie. Uh, also explains a lot. Um, uh, what else? What else did I want to talk about? Um, I I have no idea. Oh yeah. So back to back to my health. Um, I got told that I have a fat liver. He told me I have a fat liver. I have liver dysfunction, not in the cool way with like drugs and alcohol, in the fat way. Um, and I haven't written the rest of that joke. I just realized. Um, but yeah, I uh, uh, I look I look like a, I just look unhealthy. I really do. Those two steps right there was more than enough. Um, but yeah, I uh, some people are. Uh, I'll go back to names. Fuck it. Um, sometimes people are named after the month that they were born in. Like I have a friend named April who's named April because she was born in April. Like how lazy are your fucking parents? Did you leave it to the last second? Like, oh, if you're a beautiful baby girl, what's her name? Uh, what month is it? You might as well just narrow it down further and name your kid 8.32 p.m., like the exact time. Like, why? Cut out the middleman. Um, but yeah, the uh, Native Americans used to name their kids after uh, the first thing they saw outside when the kid was born. That's where you get names like Red Cloud, Sitting Bull, etc. That's another one. Um, I just hope that uh, they were, if they were perfectly honest with that strategy, then there would not one kid named Invading White Man. It's just if they were perfectly honest. Uh, but yeah, the, you can't do that today. You can't name your kid after the first thing you see outside when that kid is born in modern era. Like, oh yeah, this is my daughter, Chainsmoker, uh, and, her, and my other son, Dying Planet. Oh, I almost forgot about my adopted kids, Orphanage, Front Gate, and Dumpster. Um, uh, this is a lot. Uh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Um, I, you know what? I'm just gonna end it there. And uh, Daniel, go to hell. All right. Anthony Zagaro, everyone. The plight of poor Absidy is a ABCD. What a name! It was good name material there. I laughed pretty hard. Most new jokes. Here we are in the clubhouse. Hey, he's standing up. He's ready to go. Look at that. See how that works? Put your hands together, everybody, for Kevin August. All right, you guys and women. Happy Women's Day. Oh, my God. Keep it going for Pam and all the comics we've seen so far. Keep it going for me, you guys. I fucking landed a new job today. That's right. I showed up looking like this and told them sales was the job for me. And they fucking bought it, you guys. So I might not be wrong. Um, what is going on? It is a Friday. Pretty stoked on that. You guys, I, uh, <laughs> it, it's weird. It's, it's only March. I can't believe it's this far into the new year. I actually had a friend who was um, recently mugged at gunpoint. Um, which is really sad. Sorry to bring it down right out of the gate. Um, thing is, when someone pulls a gun on you, you only have one chance to convince them not to shoot, you know? Uh, which is why I'm learning to backflip. Because how are you going to shoot someone that just landed a fucking backflip, you guys? You're not. You're going to hand the gun over. You're going to walk away slowly. Um, it's not about combating them. It's about upstaging them, you know? They don't like when you've stolen the spotlight. Um... 
I don't know. My wife recently told me about a cousin she has that I've never met before who goes to a Christian high school where they're not allowed to dance. I fucked that up. They're not allowed to have prom because the only dancing they're allowed to do is for God. That was my reaction. Uh, I was like, fuck, I want to dance for God, you know? So I did. I uh, lit some candles, put on some mood music, a little Ace of Bass. I was like, this one's for you, big boy. And I really got into it, you guys. I shook what he gave me. Um, I did it on a Sunday. I figure that's his day off. You know, what's he going to do? Stop oppressing women and minorities and come kick my ass? Um, look, there's no reason to beat around the burning bush. Uh, I was baptized Catholic. Now I'm more of what you'd call like an atheist, twice removed on my father's side. Um, I don't know if you guys know this, you might, but the baptism for an atheist is a little bit different. It's where you get spit on outside of a Planned Parenthood. Um, just that one move and you are in. Um, I shouldn't make fun of God, though. He's actually the executive producer on one of my favorite shows. Uh, we got any fans of Planet Earth in the audience? Yeah? A couple, you guys smoke weed, too? Um, I love Planet Earth. It's narrated by Sir David Attenborough, um, who has an amazing accent. British accents are just incredible. They always sound a little bit smarter than the rest of us, regardless of what they're saying. So David Attenborough will say something like, here we have the three-toed pygmy sloth. Right there, your ears perk up. You're like, shit, I'm about to have some hot knowledge dropped about a very specific sloth. I better tune in, you know? But he'll throw some curveballs at you. He'll be like, he descends through the trees with one thing on his mind, boobies. You're like, Sir Davy, is this sloth about to get some? There are only several hundred sloths left in existence. You're like, shit, this sloth's got to get some. Now you're rooting for him like he's the underdog in a rom-com. You're like, shit, sloth, you're not so bad looking, you know? You play your cards right, you'll get a slow-mo blowjob out of this. Um, the crazy thing is, <laughs> that's an incredible episode if you haven't seen it. I don't know if you guys have ever heard a sloth mating call, but it's a little bit like, Meh! and that basically translates to, me so horny. <laughs> Mark's heard it. Mark's heard it. Um, <laughs> the thing is, like, once that mating call comes through, you've never seen a fucking sloth move faster. It's like an action movie. These drums come in. This thing's swinging through the trees looking for the pussy, man. And then when he finds it, fucks it nice and slow, exactly how you'd imagine a sloth sex scene. Um... Good times. Um, it's great to be here, you guys. Honestly, it's just good to be back on land. Um, my wife and I just got back from a budget cruise. Would not recommend it. Uh, there were no TVs in the rooms, and the only entertainment they had booked was this Ukrainian guy who didn't know the words to the songs that his band was trying to perform. Yeah, so it'd be like, Billie Jean is not my girlfriend, no. She's just a girl who thinks that kid is mine. But that kid is not my kid. Yes, and we moonwalk. Oh, and we moonwalk. Yes. We're like, uh, where are the lifeboats? We're getting the fuck off this ship. The only song he did nail, he comes up and goes, all right, labias and gentlemen, this next song goes for women. Do we have fans of women in the audience tonight? Hashtag me too. This one goes for my very special gal, and it goes like this. Girl, you're my angel. You're my darling angel. Closer than my people, you are to me, lady. Dude fucking nailed a shaggy impression, you guys. We couldn't believe it. God, it was incredible. Fucking budget cruise, man. The crazy thing is I think all of the money from the budget cruise went to their state-of-the-art gym, which was a joke. Uh, it was like monkey bars across the fucking dock. Thing is, you guys, I don't work out anyway, uh, if you can't tell. Uh, don't go to the gym. Um, occasionally I lift, you know, most of the time I Uber. The point is I need to be getting active. I need to be getting on my bike 
Uh, my wife had me doing these workout videos designed specifically for 30 year olds, but some of these moves were brutal, man. They'd be like, all right, let's get going with that sidestep. Very good, very good. Now we're gonna reach for our dreams and throw them out the window. <laughs> that is not the cardio I was looking for. Uh, it's brutal. Uh, my wife's rad though. Uh, she is two years younger than me, uh, but she knows I have a really intense fantasy for being with an older woman. So uh, we figured something out. Basically, I started dressing younger, but just for bed. Um, so I'll put on my Toy Story pajamas, and she will threaten to call my parents if I don't brush my teeth. Um, and that's just foreplay, and then we play Connect Four. It's a whole thing. Um, saying it out loud, it actually sounds like, I guess, more of a babysitter fantasy I got going on. But uh, either way, I'm getting spanked, so <laughs> no complaints. Um, I can't stand when my wife goes grocery shopping, though, so I'll typically ride in the cart. And the other night we were in the body wash aisle. You know the one I'm talking about? No? You look clean. Um, it's okay. Um, I think it's so funny we still have body wash for men and for women. It's like, um, it's 2019. I don't smell gender. You guys get it. <laughs> it's a Bay Area only joke. I can't really do that anywhere else. Um, thing is, you know, I don't know. It's National Women's Day, you guys. Fucking feminism, right? I'm a feminist. I'm not embarrassed to say it. A lot of men are. Uh, thing is, you can tell I'm a feminist too because I know all the signs. Like um, for Black Panthers, they used to do this. It was actually this. Uh, feminists is like that. Uh, you just spread your labia majora. Uh, unless you're Jewish, then it's your labia menorah. But um, yeah, it was uh, right after Trump got elected, my wife and I actually flew to D.C. and marched in the Women's March, because fuck Trump, right? Um, that was my, uh, my proud feminist moment. Thing is, Trump's um, inauguration had all these uh, porta-potties, but because in sheer Trump fashion, he knew that the Women's March was going to be the next day, they had zip ties over all of the porta-potties so you couldn't fucking get into them. Uh, and I had some, um, we'll call it bubble guts from just one too many breakfast sandwiches at Starbucks and a little too much espresso. I had to shit my pants, you guys. It was awful. And as you're walking through the crowds of people who are just feeling like, we got to be here, we got to do this, fuck this dude, this is our chance, you just hear all kinds of weird things. Um, like there was a little kid holding a sign that said, there is a line and it has been crossed, which was like, oh my God, you're like seven. That's so adorable. Um, but then you also hear people like, this land is your land, you know, just, it's a whole, everyone's on board, it's really adorable. And then I found a fucking bathroom with a zip tie that was broken, and I, you know, broke it the rest of the way and got in, and I'm holding my stomach and I'm taking a shit, and it's just this silent, sad moment of just like, oh my God, I'm in so much pain. And suddenly I just start singing like, this land is my land, this land is your land. Um, it was real awful, just having that sad little echo in my little... A little stall. Um, you guys, uh, it's, um, I'm coming up on my three years in the Bay, which is wild. Um, my thing is my family moved around a lot when I was growing up, which was always hard uh, tracking them down. Um, but uh, truly, getting ripped out of whatever social circle you have at five years old, seven years old, nine years old is really hard on a kid's sex life. And my dad would always try to paint it in a positive light. He'd be like, hey, buddy, think of it as a chance to start over. You know, no one knows you here. I'm like, what kind of violent past do you think I'm leaving behind here, man? I'm nine years old, not some violent meth addict, you know? I think you're thinking of mom. Um, you guys, my mom is a sweet lady. She just loves meth. <laughs> um, oh, man. I'll leave you guys with uh, one last thing. I, 
I have a friend whose dad was always cool when we were growing up. He was always seemed like a pretty liberal dude, but uh, something weird happened last year. He entered the 1%. Uh, I know, it's like, boo, fuck that dude. Uh, I wanted to talk to him about it. I was like, hey man, what's the deal with you being in this new weird shitty club? And he was like, oh no, 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 Kevin. It hasn't changed me. I still love that America's a melting pot. And I was like, well, that's pretty easy to say when you're one of the crackers floating at the top. You guys, I've been Kevin August. Thanks so much. Kevin August, everyone. Yay! Um, I forgot to tell the comedians that um, I don't pay you in money because I don't have any, but I did make pot food today. I made little pot belly pigs. And um, the best way to, to, I wouldn't eat them now. I, I put them in my coffee in the morning. You use like the sugar to sweeten your coffee. So make sure that you come back and receive your payment, these cute little pigs I made. They're really strong too. They're like 50 milligrams, so be careful. Uh, I mean, I, I I only had half of one today, so you'll you won't die. All right, your next comedian just got married, and he's a funny guy. He's uh, I love him so much. Uh, put your hands together for Casey Scannell. Um. <clears throat> I hate people that mispronounce words for like no reason at all. People that say Nevada instead of Nevada, or they say, oh, I was just talking to my aunt instead of my aunt, or when they say, hey, we should break up instead of happy birthday. (laughs) The worst. Also, if you're one of these people that uses the word details instead of details, you can go ahead and suck my penis. (laughs) How about that? Mm-hmm. Words are weird, though. They don't always make the most sense. Like, uh, I've never understood why they're referred to as facials. Shouldn't they just be called baby showers? You know? <laughs> click, click, boom. Heads up, Karen. You know, <laughs> Got a sticky situation. Head to your scalp, so head up. Head it up, head it up. <laughs> uh, I also don't like the word orgy. Orgy's gross. Orgy sounds a lot like porridge, and I don't want that near my sex. No, thank you. Sounds gross. You can keep that hot breakfast soup to yourself. Yeah. Anywho, who likes beer? Yeah, you might like beer, but I love it. I love beer. I love beer so much, I'm afraid to disappoint it. I don't want to let it down. I drink a lot. A lot. Some would say... Too much, but those people are doctors. and They don't know how to party, man. <laughs> they don't. But I do. I know how to get down. I know how to have a good time. Like last weekend, me and my buddies, we went bar hopping. Got white girl wasted. We got fucking hammered, blacked out. Don't remember much. But I do remember rounding out our night with a little bit of skinny dipping in an Uber pool. Have you ever done that? It's a fun way to make friends, man. <laughs> It's a cool way to make enemies, too, that's for sure. Had to cool it down, though. I was going a little too crazy. So uh, I've started to drink alone a lot more often, and I love it. Anybody here drink alone? Oh, it's the best. I like drinking alone because then that way you can't black out. You just fast forward, you know? Oh, I want Wednesday here. Oh, there it is. My head hurts. How'd that happen? It's fun. Um, Yeah, you guys like whiskey? Whiskey's a good drink. I like whiskey because it's basically just maple syrup that'll make your grandpa yell at the news. You know, there's a couple nips of that on a cold night. That's good. Vodka's good too. You guys like vodka? 
okay. Well, I like vodka, I do, but not just any kind of vodka. I like bottom shelf only. That's my jam. If I'm walking through the liquor aisle and that bottle's staring at my sneakers, it's going in my beaker, friend. That's just how it goes down. I love it. I love bottom shelf vodka because it's not bogged down with anything extra. No added flavors, no added sugars, no FDA approval. No, dude, no. Pure uncut Russian spit, and I love it, Vladimir. Give me more. I love it. Because I don't know about you, but I like my vodka like I like my gasoline. Unsafe to drink. Ha <laughs> 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 ha. Oh, man, if you're going to be drinking, though, you got to be careful, especially if you're mixing your beer and your booze and shit. We all know the rules, right? Uh, uh, liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Uh, beer before liquor, never been sicker. Wine before breakfast, you're my mom. <laughs> we got enough of those. So. I think it's weird how a lot of life's advice like rhymes, so you can remember it, like the beer before liquor stuff. You guys ever heard of uh, Happy Wife, Happy Life? Happy Wife, Happy Life. What an adorable threat. That doesn't seem very 50-50 to me, but I'm signed up for it now because just like Pam said, I'm a newlywed. She said yes to my stress. Thank God. Got her good. There's a lot of things I like about being married that I didn't think I would like as much as I do. Um, like I like wearing a wedding ring. I like it. It's cool. It's a nice subtle way to tell all those single ladies out there, hey, don't even think of hollering at me. I'm getting yelled at at home <laughs> by someone I love. Floozy. Um, and you know you're in a long, loving relationship when you don't have to say anything to start a fight. One little eyebrow raised. Your whole trip to Target is fucked, man. Good luck getting that back. Holy shit. In marriage, they say the first to apologize is the bravest, and they say that the first to forgive is the strongest, and I say the first to tell my wife, relax, is the last. <laughs> Can't say relax anymore. Can't say it. Relax is by far the new cunt. Can't do it. Can't do it. I, I don't say the R word with my wife. I'm not retarded. Third mention of retard so far in the first hour. Killing it, 2019. Uh, I, I love my wife, we love each other, it's great, but I still have some confidence issues. I got some self-esteem problems, and unfortunately, sometimes it spills over to the bedroom, right? And I guess what I'm trying to say is the only way I know how to keep it up is if I pretend that I'm somebody else. She deserves so much more than what she's getting. My set's a lot like jazz, guys. You gotta listen to the jokes I'm not telling. There's some <laughs> humor there. If you wanna spend your time. You ever pee so hard you laugh a little? <laughs> Me neither. You guys ever find yourself uh, taking a hot duke? Uh, you're sitting down, you look over, and you're like, fuck, I'm out of toilet paper. Right, ah, oh, shit, so you gotta get up and do that weird little crab walk to the store. It's a rough commute. I don't know, maybe I'm the only one that does this, but like when you take a huge shit, do you guys ever like walk over to the bathroom mirror, check out your profile, seeing which weight you lost? 
That was a clean two-pounder. Easy. Easy. Bathrooms. Uh, <laughs> I remember going to um, a first baseball game with my dad, but the main thing I remember, other than, like, the game was fun, good seats and all that shit, the stadium bathroom for my first time as a kid was terrifying. I don't know about you, but you're like... I leveled everything, so it's jarring. I remember walking in and just this huge, funky, musty cloud just dick slapped my little nostrils and I was scarred for life. It smelled like a thousand Goodwills opened their doors and queefed on me. It's like I walked into a homeless man's jacket. <laughs> ah, get me out. And as I was walking up to the piss trough, that was like chin height. You know, I knew I was going to have some stage fright or, you know, anxiety and stuff like that. You guys know about stage fright and all that bathroom stuff? For those of you who don't know, stage fright in the bathroom is when you have to pee. You go in, there's other people there, and when it's your time to pee, you forget your lines. <laughs> stage fright. <laughs> anyway, so I was walking up, and I was trying to, you know, piss or whatever. My dad's a few people over, and he leans back. He's like, hey, son, remember... You shake it more than twice, you're playing with yourself. <laughs> he laughed, a lot of people laughed. I was embarrassed, because at that very moment, I realized, damn it, my dad must jerk off like a weirdo. <laughs> Two shakes, he's done, holy fuck, it's a miracle I'm here, man. No wonder my middle name is Jesus. Um, I lost a lot of weight last year. I'm finding more and more each day, though, so don't worry finding every little pound worth of peace and putting it in my chubby little puzzle I call a body. I can't wait to assemble it once again, but I knew I was getting fat when I walked into the shower one day. I looked down. I couldn't even see one inch of my confidence. It's like it was never even there. <laughs> Today, uh, something new happened to me. I got cyberbullied for my weight. I got cyber fucking bullied. I guess, I mean, I, that's what I call it because I have a digital scale. And I was just, ah, we're supposed to be homies, man. We had a deal. You ran out of batteries. I lied to myself. He went back on the deal. Let's see. Oh, I saw a really cool, um, informative uh, documentary about gentrification. Um, it's super popular. You, probably, you guys probably heard of it. It's called Cool Runnings. Sir Jonathan Candy and a ragtag team of ragamuffins just want to slide down the ice like every other gent. It's a good flick. Check it out. Um, after the show, I may go home and watch some Japanese cartoons. Anime. Not. I don't know. Plans are still up in the air. Not ending on that one. Fuck. Um, you guys watch Top Chef? This is going to be a winner, trust me. <laughs> I love Top Chef. Is there a celebrity version of Top Chef? There should be, and I would love, love to see Magic Johnson on it, because I think that's the only way that guy's going to get immunity. All right. <laughs> Bye. Casey's Canal, everyone. Here we are at Pam Dance's Comedy Clubhouse. We have two comics left, and they're such heavy hitters. You shouldn't leave, Mark Noyer. You can learn something from your next comedian. Oh, I 
No, no, I understand you have a puppy and it pees on things and stuff. Your next comedian is awesome. I'm so excited to have him here. He's been traveling all over LA recently. I just keep seeing on the Facebook, so it's really a pleasure to have him here at Mutiny Radio. Clap your hands together for Clay Newman. I feel like we just heard you backtrack like all over the, uh, pretty much LA. Pretty much, it was just LA and back, but he was all over it. He got lost multiple times. All over LA. This is good. I love this lineup. Always love being on the same lineup as Anthony. I feel like we look at each other and just go like, oh, at least I don't look like that. <laughs> at least it could be worse. And both of us look at Dave Zignoni and like, oh, that piece of shit. Uh, at least we're not Dave Zignoni. <laughs> Honestly, at this point, like, I'm not worried about losing my hair because then I'll actually stand out in comedy for a change. We need another bald guy. Too many curls. I'm coming for you, Stephen Wright. One day. I can expedite it, I guess. But no, you come on in. Come on in. So I knew it. I knew I picked the exact right time. The audience is at its max capacity right now. This is perfect. Welcome, you guys. I just won $7. Yeah, this is dope. Thank you for hanging out with us. We appreciate you being here. I don't know if you know this about stand-up comedy, but we need you guys. Because we can't, like, we can't do it without you. There's no band practice for us. There's no rehearsals. I'm not allowed to say a joke in the shower and then go, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that one about Dave Zignoni is pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we did you guys. Like, if none of you were here right now, this wouldn't be a thing. Logistically, if none of you were here, this would be schizophrenia. Like, this would just be another podcast in Mutiny Radio, basically. <laughs> That's just the theme of a third of them. Uh, I've, I've always been real into superheroes, big superhero guy. Like, we all had a fantasy superpower as a kid, right? Like, did everybody have fantasy superpower? What was yours, man? What did you fantasize about as a kid? What superpower do you want? Yeah, yeah. Flying. Fuck yeah. Flying's a great superpower. I love that. Flying, you're like, you're not solving crimes necessarily. It's not really a crime-oriented superpower, but you're wowing people. That's pretty cool. Like, cheating in the NBA and stuff. That's probably how I'd use it. Flying's dope. What about you, Casey? What would your superpower be? As creepy as it sounds, invisibility. Yeah, that's not good. Get your hands out of your pocket, buddy. <laughs> invisibility. That's like you could maybe stop a crime or two, but just like you just reappear naked. Like, stop robbing this. Like, ah, <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Put the money back. Invisibility's yeah, pretty dope. I've I've always wanted to be stretchy guy. Like raise your hand. Who else wanted to be stretchy guy? Never anybody. Never, never a goddamn person. I'm the only one that wanted to be stretchy. Nobody wants to be stretchy guy. Mr. Fantastic didn't want to be stretchy guy. That's why he called himself Mr. Fantastic, not stretchy guy. It's a bullshit name, Mr. Fantastic. You're gonna call the strong guy the thing. I think you're jealous. I think your superpower says a lot about you. Like, wanting to fly, I think that's cool, man. You just want to be leagues above everybody else. You want to go somewhere that nobody else can go. I think that's cool, man. Invisibility, you want to look at, you want to look at naked ladies. That's fine. That's okay. That's relatable. What does stretchy guy say about me? What do I want? Stretchy guy, I just want to get bigger, longer. Stretchy guy says, I can't get hard. That's all it says. That's all. Stretchy guy, what is that power? You're, you just you stretch out, you're longer, you're oily for some reason. It's the power of puberty. That's all it is. Nobody respects you. 
But I will say, stretchy guy, killing it at the Folsom Street Fair. He is. Stretchy guy's got his own goddamn tent at the Folsom Street Fair. Are you imagining it? Just four people wrapped up already? Two more walk in? Like, what's this booth all about? Ears! They're wrapped up, too. You've all been to the Folsom Street Fair, right? No! What are you doing? How long have you lived here? Six weeks. All right, that's fair. It's not summer. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet. You need to go. Folsom Street Fair is very important. Has anybody else not been? They have a fair excuse. I've no, and I'm like a pervert, weird, former druggie, too. I've have you been kicked out? Like, is that, like, oh, no, we know what he does. It's just like, I'm a busy guy. Like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can get tied up and spanked in my own time. Thank you. I don't need San Francisco to tell me when to jerk off in public. If you're not, let's say, yeah, go ahead. All right, we're, you're probably piecing together a little bit of what it is. Uh, it's, well, Folsom Street part, kind of self-explanatory. Uh, for a couple blocks of Folsom Street, for a weekend every summer, uh, Everything fucking goes. Everything goes. It's just, it's, it's a. It's technically called. I think a, it's a BDSM fair or a leather fair. It's insane. Never go in the tents. Stay outside. It's scary. If you go in a tent, you don't know what you're gonna fucking see. Uh, I love the Folsom Street Fair because everybody that moves to San Francisco, at least for the most part, everybody that moves to San Francisco, they consider themselves pretty open minded. I, I I I consider myself open minded. I used to think everybody could just do what they want. I don't care whatever your sexuality is. Whatever your thing is whatever gets you hard whatever makes you wet do your thing and then i went to the Folsom street fair and i found a line you have a line it's in there somewhere it's at the Folsom street fair because so i walked into a tent and there's a guy in a kiddie pool just getting peed on just strangers sort of like more not even into it. the strangers didn't care the people doing the peeing they're more like there's a very long line for the porta potty and a short line for the guy getting peed on so i guess we're just killing two birds with one stone here but the guy getting peed on and this is what disgusts me the guy getting peed on was happier than i've ever been in my entire life he had a level of joy on his face that i've never experienced like sexually or otherwise and it made me understand Republicans. I think I get it now. Like, I get why Republicans are homophobic. I understand. Because I saw a pee guy and I got confused and scared. I'm like, ah, oh, you're getting peed on? Gross. Ah, nobody should get peed on. I don't like it. Nobody should do it. Ah, why won't somebody pee on me? Like, I get it. I get where Republicans are coming from now. Somebody pee on a Republican. Do it for them. For America. I've noticed something about this state because I, I haven't traveled too far with comedy, but I've definitely been all up and down in California. And I realized that there is a direct correlation between how close you are to an ocean and how racist you are. There's a direct, I don't know what the fuck that is, but there's something, there's no like, I mean, other than Australia, there's no racist islanders. I don't think it doesn't happen. Like things went a little south there, but uh, like there's something about the ocean. You look out at it, it's endless. It's beautiful. It's bigger than you. I think that's what it is. You look out at the ocean, you're like, man, I'm such a small part of this world, which is such a small part of the universe. What does race even matter? What is gender? But then you look across a river and you can see the other side and you feel big and you're like, ugh. How are we going to stop Mexicans from getting across that river? Like, it's a different mentality. San Francisco's, I'm going to say, 95% ocean. 
Like, there's still 5% river in there because sometimes people come here for jobs. You know, tech companies need janitors. In my head, janitors are still like rednecks. That's like, there's not like, where tech companies, like, they, they're, they're gentrified in a beautiful point where, like, we need a white ass janitor. I really hope that's the case. He's American, too. It's not a, it's not a Simpson situation. All right. Not the case. No. All right. Rift Town is empty right now. We tried to take a trip to Rift Town, and it is a desolate place. We're going to, Get back on the freeway and head back toward Materialville. Uh, <laughs> like, honey, we haven't been to Rift Town in months. Let's see what's going on in Rift Town. Remember the last time we were in Rift Town? It was so fun. Oh, things have changed in Rift Town. <laughs> I've been Netflix and chilling. Y'all Netflix and chilling? Does that happen? I don't mean it like in the horny way, like the Netflix and chilling that fucking. You dirty, horny people stole from us potheads. I mean the original Netflix and chillin'. You're not trying to bang a new romance. You're, you got a bag of Cheetos in one hand and a bong in the other. And sometimes you can't remember which is which. That Netflix and chillin'. Like maybe you watch something horny. Maybe you want to get a little sensual with yourself. But you can't because there's Cheeto dust everywhere. And that's how you get a male UTI. It's the only way. I love Netflix, man. Netflix has done great things for television. I think they've really raised the bar for television shows. And I also love Netflix because they've done everything in their power to lower the bar for documentaries. I think that's great. The bar documentaries are real easy watching these days. None of that four hours of Michael Jackson being a pedophile on HBO. What are you doing, HBO? That's heavy shit. We're on to new age documentaries now. Documentaries that are easy. You can laugh a little, learn a little, watch some hippies get murdered. It's good what documentaries have come to you. Every Netflix documentary can be summed up by one sentence. I'll give you one. Oh, they keep murdering us on this mountain. You haven't watched Murder Mountain? I just saved you seven hours. I really did. I saved you a kid burns like the documentary about potheads going, why don't cops like us? The most egregious one? I think the worst Netflix documentary. It's really got the bar so low. It's the one about the fire festival. There's a documentary about a music festival. Ugh. The only thing wider than a music festival is a documentary complaining about a music festival. Ugh. Jesus Christ. What is it? Yelp review not enough? They just like they just couldn't do it. Like, oh, what the fuck? They made us eat sandwiches like poor people. I hate them. Fuck you, fire festival. You said Ja Rule would be there. You know, I say right what you know, and it's been a lot of weed and Netflix in my life lately. I don't know if you could tell that. It's really, yeah, Pam agrees. Uh, this is um, honestly one of the first times ever I've been distracted by the art here because it's pretty good, not because it's like, was this drawn in blood? Like, this is actually, like, pretty classy stuff. I'm just going to get lost in the art. I don't even have any jokes about this. This is just a nice... What I like about this is it's Mutiny Radio. And so if you ask, like, it's probably reasonable. It's probably like, you know, 100 bucks. Hopefully, you know, give, give the photographer credit for their work. Something like this will pop up at 
Jack in the Box for some reason. You're like, oh, that's kind of artsy for Jack in the Box. So there's a price tag that says $250,000. I'm like, oh, suck my dick, Jack. That's not going to happen. Do you what it like all right? I don't know why Rifttown seems so delightful. We were just there, Clay. We were just at Rifttown. We know what's there. Nothing. It's scary at Rifttown. You got me thinking about David Attenborough earlier, which kinda had me like a little we're gonna just go. We're now we're this isn't Rifttown, technically. There's just no like bridge to it. So we're gonna jump to this new thing. Um like David Attenborough is one of the greatest of all time. He really is. I think Planet Earth is an incredible experience. I've watched so many hours of David Attenborough material. I'm worried who's going to replace him. I'm worried who's going to replace David Attenborough. I'm scared. I'm frightened it's going to be The Rock. <laughs> I think it's just, I'm worried that's where we're going to go, man. I'm worried there's going to be like <laughs> the ultimate march of the penguins where The Rock just makes penguins go through an obstacle course to get to the ocean. It's hard enough for him, Rock. Pigwits can't all be as strong as you. My impression of The Rock isn't good enough to not be racist. I thought about doing it, but it's just, I thought like it came. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me breathe in, but that's what that was. was thinking like, can I get away? No, I'm not going to get away with this. That's not, it's, <laughs> it's okay. He's half Samoan. No, there's no way out of that one. I haven't even seen Moana. I don't have the right. I don't have the right to do a rock impression. <laughs> it's a it's a crazy thing that like the rock has had such a successful career that I could age myself based on what my rock impression is. Because if I came up here with if you smell and all you're like, okay, grandpa, if you smell what the rock is cooking, he's a billionaire now. Yeah, I tried it and it didn't wasn't good. Like even the even the easy one where you just yell like him, it doesn't work at all. Uh but get out of here just by like you know, it's women's day, so I may as well as give my straight white male take on the me too movement. I feel like that's appropriate. Uh I feel like we need one more of these talking about it. I just think like it's it's hitting home now. I'm starting to lose heroes and it's fine, you know. I I'm okay with not watching the the fucking movies i'm okay with not listening to the songs and i'm just so scared that it's gonna get to classic rock i'm really worried that me too is gonna make its way to classic rock because honestly i'm sad about michael but i could live without that music please don't go to zepp don't take zeppelin from me too you can't because they don't have a chance they don't have a chance man are you kidding me it's in the goddamn lyrics they didn't even hide it like they got some songs like she's but 15 but she's my rider oh don't say 15 zeppelin no 18 fits just as well in the rhyme scheme why would you say 15 all right good enough thank you <laughs> Yes! What a pleasure. Uh, your last comic of the evening, your headliner, is a uh, crazy cool headliner. Uh, I'm really excited that you're here. You came all the way from the other side of the bay. He's so, so funny. You guys are going to love him. Clap your hands together for Matt Gubser! All right, let's lower those expectations. <laughs> it's an honor to be here on... International Women's Day on this all-male lineup. 
What, what a refreshing change to have a lineup of 100% white males. Like, uh, I feel a little bit fetishized right now. Um, I'm not a woman, but uh, my preferred pronoun is cunt, so I would like to be referred to that uh, by that. Um, I'm vegan. Uh, two of the arguments I hear most often for going vegan are, uh, one, you'll live longer, and two, it's good for the planet. Those things can't both be true. Because the worst thing for the planet is people. Like, we shouldn't be encouraging people to go vegan if we want it to be good for the planet. We should be encouraging people to eat antifreeze or too much heroin or the barrel of a gun. That's the best thing you can do for the planet is just not be on it. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I don't, I mean, I love the planet, but I'm not like in love with the planet. Like I wouldn't take a bullet for the planet. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I've been reading about world hunger. Uh, United Nations says it would cost $30 billion a year to end world hunger, to feed every starving person on the planet, $30 billion a year. Uh, and Americans spend $60 billion a year trying to lose weight. Isn't that crazy? Like we spend enough money every year to not only feed every starving person, but to make those people uncomfortably full. We spend it on ourselves trying not to die because we ate all the food. I feel like there's got to be some sort of solution we can come up with to deal with both of those problems at the same time. Like, I think we should have some sort of government registry where, like, if you're trying to lose weight, instead of signing up for a gym membership or Weight Watchers, just sign up for that registry and then we fly a starving refugee to come sit across from you and watch you eat all your meals. I just don't know if you make it through an entire 12-inch sandwich with those hungry puppy dog eyes staring at you from across the table. Like, ah, fine, yeah, you can have the other half. I didn't... wasn't even that good. They forgot the pickles. Like, I just... You want the chips too? Those are sun chips. You're going to be disappointed. This shit's not even real. We live in such a weird time right now. Like you're the number one cause of death. If you're an American is you ate too much. That's like overeating is how most of us are going to die. Just complications from overeating, which is so weird. That's not normal at all. Hundreds of thousands of years of human history has been nothing but a desperate search for enough food to survive to long enough to have kids to pass on those genes. I mean, we had, we had for hundreds of thousands of years, there were just two jobs. They're just hunting and gathering. People walked across the planet just following the food because that's all there was. And now we live in a time where the most dangerous thing in your life is that you might live in a place with too many options for free delivery. Like that's the, can you imagine like, th this is super temporary by the way, unless we get our shit together in like the next 50 years. Like you, you can, you, can you imagine trying to explain to your grandkids what it was like living in a time where there were like 75 different types of mustard at the grocery store and your grandkids are just going to be look at you and be like, what's a grocery store? 
<laughs> Thank you, Pam. Um, where do we want to go with this? I think down seems like a good direction. This. Um, do you guys have a favorite Bible story? Anybody in here? Favorite Bible stories? What's your favorite, Pam? Lots of wife. So the whole Sodom and Gomorrah thing. You guys familiar with the story of Sodom and Gomorrah? Uh, it's a classic as far as Bible stories go. It has three main components of every Bible story, uh, which is God loves murder, uh, women fuck things up, and incest. So the story, the story of Sodom and Gomorrah, the story of Lot's wife, basically starts like this. Uh, there's this, these two cities, Sodom and Gomorrah, and Abraham's just talking to God one morning over coffee. He's like, hey, I'm going to murder everyone in those two cities. And Abraham's like, well, that's, that's kind of fucked up, God. It's like, you're going to murder everyone? Like, what if there are good people in there? And God's like, no, I don't think there are any good people in there. And Abraham's like, well, what if there's a hundred good people? Like, you're going to murder the whole city if there are a hundred good people in there? And God's like, Okay, fine. If there are a hundred good people in there, I won't murder everyone. And then Abraham starts haggling with God about genocide. He's like, okay, a hundred. What if there's 50? And God's like, okay, if there's 50 good people, if there's one good football team, I won't murder both cities. And he goes down. He gets him down to 10. He gets God down to 10. It's like, what if there's 10 good people? What if we can put together one good pickup basketball game? And God's like, fine. If there are 10 good people, I won't murder everyone. So then God sends two angels into the city of Sodom to see if there are 10 good people. And they get to the city, and it says the men of the city greet them, and they're like, hey, new guys, we should rape them. <laughs> And this is where Lot comes in. Lot is Abraham's nephew. So Lot's like, hey, guys, come in here. They're going to rape you. And then this is what Lot says. He's like, hey, people of Sodom, don't rape these strangers. They're guests. Here, rape my virgin daughters instead. And the whole city goes, no, we don't want to rape your daughters. We definitely want to rape those guys only. We are very picky when it comes to gang rape in Sodom. So then the angels are like, fuck this whole city. There are definitely not 10 good people here. Get the fuck out. We're burning this shit to the ground. Uh, you turn and you run for the fucking hills and you don't look back. So they do. Lot and his family run off and then fireballs start coming from the sky and kill everyone in Sodom and Gomorrah. But then uh, Lot's wife looks back and turns into a pillar of salt. Uh, so only three of the four make it. They make it to this cave in the hills. Uh, and then Lot's daughters are so sad. They're like, our mom is dead. That means our father can never have children. What we need to do is get our dad super drunk and then fuck our dad so that he can have sons. The end. That's the story of, that's the Bible story. It's a, does anybody else have a favorite Bible story? <laughs> Cain and Abel the first murder that's uh the story of Cain and Abel you guys know about that one this is the genesis the whole beginning of genesis is weird uh because there are only three adam and eve only have three kids that are mentioned by name in the bible 
Uh, but according to Jewish tradition, they had like a hundred kids. Uh, so what happens is, uh, Cain is a, Cain is a farmer. Uh, Abel's a shepherd. This is a shepherd culture. So this is a story about how farmers are bad and shepherds are good. So what happens is that God says, Hey, I need to sacrifice. So it says that Abel gives his best sheep or lamb or whatever it is. Uh, and it says Cain gives him some fruit, not the best fruit, just some fruit. And God's like, hey, I like the sheep. Fuck you and your fruit. And then Cain's like, fuck this. I'm going to murder my brother because God didn't like my fruit basket. And then uh, he does that. And God goes back. He's like, hey, your bro- where's your brother? And Cain's like, I don't know. There are four people on the planet. He is talking to God specifically. He's like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where, where he is. If you checked, there's nowhere else. There's nowhere else. Where would you? So it says, uh, it says that God curses Cain, that he put a mark on Cain and then sent him off to the city. Nobody knows where the city came from. He sent him off so that, but he put a mark on him so that all the other people in the world, which at that point in the Bible is supposed to be just his parents and one other brother that he hasn't murdered, uh, that's the people leave them alone. And, and this is a story that uh, was used to support white supremacy because people decided that the mark of Cain was black skin. We decided that for a couple thousand years. Um, and that's why it's okay to have slaves because they murdered Abel. Sort of. That's not, a, that's, not a, that's not even a funny one and it doesn't have any incest. So it's not the best Bible story <laughs> if we're being honest. Uh, my favorite Bible story, uh, and I'm going to warn you, it's not funny yet. Uh, in case the bar hasn't been set low enough by the previous eight minutes that I've been up here. Uh, my favorite Bible story is this little, it's like this little, it's like six verses. It, it's right in the beginning. It's like Genesis 4, I think. Uh, it's right after all the Garden of Eden stuff and right before Noah's flood. Uh, it's this little, this little, little tiny section. Like if you're raised Christian, you're like, I'm going to read the Bible every day. Like that was in week two. Like everybody should have read it. Nobody remembers any of it. There's a little section that says, uh, people began to spread all over the world and angels looked down and saw that human women were attractive. Uh, so they got a bunch of them pregnant. And then those women gave birth to a race of giants called the Nephilim who were mighty warriors and ruled over the earth. Uh, and that, so you go Garden of Eden, race of giants, and then the, that story stops and then it just starts with, uh, oh, God saw everything was evil and he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna drown everyone. You know, so that just sat there for like a thousand years, for like a thousand years. Nephilim, everything evil. And somebody a thousand years later was like, you know what, I think we need to connect the dots here. I think the giants were evil and that's why God killed everyone. Uh, and then they wrote this another book called the, uh, the book of Enoch, which is in some Bibles, but not most Bibles, but is referred to in every Bible, which is weird and complicated. <laughs> and they wrote some backstory. They filled in all this backstory with the Nephilim and you get the very beginnings of Satan and hell that come into that, which is like a, a thousand years into it. It would be like, it would be like if right now Islam introduced some new characters. 
They're like, hey, we just found out this new place when you die. Uh, and also, here's this evil guy, Steve. Evil Steve, be careful. Evil Steve makes you do bad things. You'd be like, okay, that's, uh, I don't know. I told you it wasn't funny. The Bible's a fun book. Uh, there's so much incest in the Bible. It's, there's so much weird shit in the Bible. There are several... I mean, there are dragons in the Bible. There are giants in the Bible. There are talking animals in the Bible. It's basically Game of Thrones with more incest. Uh, I should tell jokes. You guys like jokes? Um, do you guys know about Grocery Outlet? <laughs> I, recently, I recently discovered Grocery Outlet. Uh, <clears throat> I had never been to a grocery outlet before. I, I always just sort of assumed the grocery outlet was like a dollar store. It's not a dollar store. Because like in a dollar store, uh, everything is made as cheap as possible. Like, you know, that was the intention behind it. You're like, we made this 99 cent toothpaste. How do we make it cheaper? Like, I don't know, put lead in it. Uh, but a gross reality is not full of stuff that was made cheap. It's, it's full of stuff that people poured their heart and their soul into. They're like, I have this great idea that no one's ever thought of. I'm going to mortgage my house to finance this. And they did that, and they spent two years slaving away in their garage, and they presented their idea to the world. They're like, hey, world, check this out. This is pretty awesome, huh? And the world took one look and was like, nah. And then all those products ended up at grocery outlet. It's like a regular grocery store, except everything inside it is a terrible idea. So they do sell like some regular food. Sometimes you'll just find like weird flavors of regular products. Like you walk in, you're like, oh, I didn't even know they made cantaloupe flavored Gatorade. But it's 50 cents, so I guess I'm buying 30 of them. <laughs> What's that? No, that's Costco you're thinking of. Really? <laughs> I I don't think I've seen them. Maybe they have a lot of big bags of weird chips. Big bag of weird chips. Here's some here's some actual products that I found at grocery outlet. Uh, creme brulee flavored potato chips. Is that? Stay with me because this is gonna sound really weird. Like it's confusing. Taco flavored olives. <laughs> Those are real. Those are real. <laughs> Uh, I found Swiss cheese with chunks of chocolate in it. That's, yeah. Did you guys know they made Jolly Rancher flavored Pop-Tarts? <laughs> yeah, those are real, because sometimes you need diabetes before 10 a.m. It's, it's a weird place. It's exciting, though, because you just never know what you're going to find in there. Uh, you walk in, you're like, what does Grocery Outlet have in store for me today? Uh, you know it's going to be mostly crap. It's going to be, that's, but there's a chance that you find something amazing that you'd never thought about before. And you're like, I didn't even know this existed, but this is perfect for me. You walk in, you're going to, I'm going to find some product that's been overlooked and discarded by everybody else on the rest of the planet, but it's going to be perfect for me. It's like if dating in your 40s was a grocery store. Some of you guys are too young to understand how good that joke is. And some of you guys are too sad to laugh at it. That's, uh, that's, uh, you have to be careful when you buy stuff at Grocery Outlet. One time I bought what I thought uh, was a can of coffee. 
and it was not a can of coffee. Uh, it was an energy drink that was half coffee and half orange juice. <laughs> and my brain didn't register that that's what a sudden label because those words had never been put together in that order before in any context. But somebody did that on purpose. They were like, hey, you know how some people like to drink coffee in the morning, but other people like to drink orange juice in the morning? We're gonna make a product for none of those people. <laughs> and that's the sad part about, about ghost reality is you have to realize that every product that ended up in that store resulted in someone losing their job. Like, Bob, we'd really like to thank you for all your hard work on chicken and waffle Cheerios. <laughs> think we're going to go in a different direction. Security will see you out. <laughs> Gross reality taught me how to live in the moment. Man. Because there are those days when you're like, hey, I found this great thing. And you realize that you might be looking at the last batch of that product in the world. And you got to make a choice. You're like, do I need to buy all four of these cases right here? Like, cause they're five bucks each. That's like a hundred bucks on this product. That's like, it's made it this far. Like nobody in the world has liked it until now. Do I have to snatch it all up now? Or can I wait this one out? Can I come back in a month when they're a dollar fifty? It's like playing the stock market for broke people. And that's how sometimes you end up with three cases of $4 protein, boxes of protein bars. Uh, do they taste the best? No, but that's not the point. Because nothing tastes as good as 90% off feels. <laughs> I think Kate Moss said that. You can never buy produce at Grocery Outlet unless you plan on eating it on the way home. Like if you get to the register and there are more than three people ahead of you in line, those strawberries are not going to make it. That's, that's a good time. I moved to the suburbs recently, so this is what passes for excitement in my life now is groceries. Uh, so it's been a hard adjustment for me. I lived in the Bay Area for a long time. I lived in San Francisco for several years, lived in Oakland for several years. I'm way the fuck out in the suburbs now. Uh, and that's a tough adjustment, living in the suburbs, if you're a boring person. Because uh, if you live in a big city, like you, you can replace your personality with that city, and you can impress other boring people. Uh, you can convince them that you're interesting just by living somewhere interesting. Like, oh man, you live in San Francisco? That must be so much fun. You're like, yeah, it is. I'm pretty great. Big cities are like pickup trucks for people with tiny personalities. Uh, but when you move to a boring place, you're like, well, I'm adding nothing to the culture there. I'm part of the problem. I deserve this. You really got to own it. Like nothing is happening around me. This feels right. All right, how are we doing on time here? You're, you're at 19 minutes and 30 seconds. What time do we have to get out of here? Uh... At nine fifty, you that? can do. I mean, you can do. You're that. You roll with it, neck up. So, oh, all right. Uh, what do you guys want to hear about? Nothing. What? Suburbs. <laughs> There's nothing happening in the suburbs. Nothing. Uh, the most exciting thing happening in the suburbs is that I got a dog. That's. We had to get another living creature to fill our life with something.
Uh, it's weird having a dog. Do you? Uh, we have dog. This is San Francisco. We have more. We have more dog people than people. People. There's a law. Uh, well, they don't tell you when you adopt a dog that you also have to adopt every other person who has a dog. Like you're, you have to pretend to be friends with those people. Like you have automatic induction into the cult of dog people. And then you have to greet each other in public whenever you see each other with your dogs for no reason whatsoever. Like, oh, hey, look at us. We both got things on ropes. <laughs> I guess we're friends now for the next four minutes. Oh, what kind of thing is your thing? Mine is a different thing. Is your thing nice? Mine is sometimes. We'll see. This is fun. We have poop in our hands. Every morning, I have these three-minute conversations with total strangers where we just stare at each other's dogs the entire time. No eye contact whatsoever. I have no idea what any of my neighbors look like from the knees up. Uh, my dog's pretty big. She weighs 125 pounds. Yeah, it's a lot of dog. It's a lot of dog. But I'm a pretty big guy, so like from a block away, we look like a normal-sized man and their normal-sized dog. But then we just keep getting bigger. <laughs> Like, oh, there's a regular thing. They're coming towards us. They should be here by now. Still getting bigger. I don't know what's happening. Uh, she's, uh, she's an Anatolian shepherd. That's, uh, that's a deep cut for you dog people. Uh, she looks like a Labrador from like a block away. And then we get up close and people are like, did she eat a Labrador on the way here? Uh, that's what everyone assumes she is, a Labrador, uh, except homeless people who always know exactly what she is. Everybody else is like, uh, Labrador. Every homeless person is like, that's an Anatolian Shepherd. I'm like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Excellent use of library time. <laughs> Glad somebody in this country's reading. Uh, my girlfriend and I have been talking about getting this dog for several months. Uh, we'd been talking about getting a dog, but we'd also been discussing having an open relationship, like at the same time. I thought we were having two conversations. Uh, I didn't know it was going to turn into an either or situation. And it turns out we decided to get a dog. Uh, that was not my first choice. Uh, but mainly because it sounded like more work. I was like, wait, uh, you're going to date other men, but I don't have to walk them or feed them, right? <laughs> no? Okay, let's do that one. You have fun. Uh, I'll be here when you get back. Um, my girlfriend and I have been together for seven years uh pretty sure this is it don't clap you don't know if it's good uh pretty sure that this is it for both of us though um i don't really believe in the idea of soulmates or anything like that it's just that we both have long histories of staying in bad relationships longer than we should and this one is okay so i just assume it goes forever if love doesn't keep us together inertia definitely will it's one of those things people never talk about when they talk about the secrets to long-term relationship success. Complacency is a big part of that. Like, how'd you know they were the one? Oh, you know, just uh, kind, good sense of humor. Could just tell he was never going anywhere. Just in general. Um, been together for seven years. We have no intention of getting married. Uh, neither one of us. Uh, I was married for pretty much all of my 20s. Like, I don't know how people take second marriages seriously. I don't know how you take your vows at a second wedding seriously. Just be like, hey, for uh, richer, for poor, for better, for worse, and sickness and in health, till death do you part. Be like, hey, guys, you guys remember when I said all these same things to a different person who's still alive? 
<laughs> Some of you know her. <laughs> I think it's your second wedding. You should have to say just kidding at the end of all your vows. <laughs> like we can do this just as long as everyone knows this is just for show, right? We're just here for the open bar. That's what I thought. I like cake. Uh, I'm much better at being divorced than I was being married. Uh, like my ex-wife and I are so good at being divorced, we've broken up other people's marriages, which I think is sort of impressive. <laughs> um, yeah, I got married at 21, which is not, honestly, not the sort of decision you should be making at 21. Like 21-year-olds are sort of notorious for making terrible decisions. You know, 21-year-olds date drummers. 21-year-olds decide they have master's degrees in French poetry. You know, terrible, terrible decisions. Uh, where are we going with this? We should get out of here pretty soon. Um, like I said, I was married for 10 years. Uh, it's, sort of, it's a tough adjustment when you go from a long relationship back to dating again. Because uh, you don't really pick up where you left off. Uh, like when I, when I got divorced at 30, I didn't start dating as a normal 30 year old. It's just cause I hadn't dated since I was 20. So I just started dating as an old 20 year old. I had no fucking idea what I was doing. And I had little kids at the time. So all my recent experience was with small children. So I'd be out on a date and my dad would be like, well, what is there to do around here? And I'd be like, well, there's this amazing pediatrician like three blocks from here. They got this awesome park across the street with this huge tire swing. Uh, there's this ice cream place. I have crayons. Are you too old for crayons? I don't know how this works. I don't know how this works. <laughs> All right. I think that's uh, been self-indulgent enough. Thank you guys for sticking around. Thank you, Mad Gupser, everyone. Yay. Yay! Bye, Cameron August. This was a sausage fest, and it was a lot of fun. And I thank you all for coming. Um, I'll talk to you guys after, just because you came in a little late and, and talked to you. But thank you guys so much for being here, for performing, and for being on the open mic earlier. Casey Scannell, Clay Newman, Kevin August, Dan Aguinaga. See, now I know, right? Uh, Anthony Zaccaro and Mad Gub, sir, here on Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse. Thank you guys so much for being here. Uh, have a good night. Yay! <laughs> of swimming through a sea of podcasts. Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Asiento, take a seat at 
Asiento on 21st and Bryant. Meet friends for a drink, have delicious tapas and a relaxed community atmosphere. Asiento honestly is a wonderful place. They have incredible bartenders and board games all over the walls. Trivia on Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, First Wednesday live jazz, live DJs Thursday, parties. The food is darn good. Special happy hour prices all night long with your Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival ticket, March 1st through 5th. Check out the schedule at www.asientosf.com. Come take a seat. I had a date there and it did not go well. But it wasn't the fault of the place. They're very nice. Asiento. For a burger, Mutiny Radio thinks you'll find the best burger in San Francisco at Counter Offer, located inside Bender's Bar and Grill. Counter Offer's menu aims to please your drunk face. Tater tots are served daily. On Tuesday nights, Counter Offer serves specials off the Taco Bell menu, only better. You can enjoy your favorite Taco Bell item without the guilt. Counter Offer uses only fresh ingredients and never store bought shit. Special ingredients are made from scratch daily, including beans, ketchup, mustard, habanero sauce, and ranch dressing. Counter Offer even serves vegan mac and cheese. All of this great food is served 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. daily and until 11 p.m. on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Counter Offer is located inside Bender's Bar and Grill at 806 South Venice. Be sure to tell them Mutiny sent you. Counter Offer, baby. To Mutiny Radio at mutinyradio.fm. It's a great place to listen to crazy things. Subliminal SF visual and auditory mind control brings you the best, coolest t shirt and hoodie designs and mind bending local bands and shows at venues all over San Francisco and the Bay Area. Subliminal SF is here to destroy your sense of normalcy and plant ideas in your skull to make you cooler and a more awesome person. Check out all the badass products at subliminalsf.myshopify.com. That's subliminalsf.myshopify.com. And experience Subliminal SF. Welcome, Bender's Bar and Grill, located at 806 South Van Ness in the Mission District of San Francisco. Your favorite bar with awesome bartenders, rotating local art, and a killer back patio. It's a great place to hang out and play one of their two pool tables or old school pinball machine with a tasty adult beverage. Live music every Saturday for only $5, Bender's brings you face-melting metal and rock and roll. The last Friday of the month, Punk Rock and Schlock delivers super fun karaoke with Aileen. Come on, what's not to like? They even have counter-offer inside, frying up the tots with sexy hot burgers for your face. Open every day at 2 p.m. Their happy hour goes till 7 p.m. Bender's is proud to be a sponsor of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival, because they're an awesome community asset to the dirtbags who keep art alive in the mission. Bender's Bar and Grill. Back up on the house. Back in the bar. 
Hi, welcome to My Limited View. I am your host, Sergio Novoa. And I'm your co-host, Vanessa Wilkins. Join us every Tuesday from 12 to 2 at mutinyradio.fm as we share stories, our personal stories. And struggles and challenges. And we'll also have guests come in and share their stories. And hopefully through all this, we can expand our view. Or your view. Yes, and there'll be plenty of dick jokes, so don't worry. It's not always going to be heavy. Yeah, I might even share black hair tips. Black hair tips. Don't know anything about it. Sorry. (laughs) All on my limited view. Yes, every Tuesday from 12 to 2. Uh, Oh, you can can also find us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, yeah, and Google Play. And Stitcher. iTunes. Oh, you already said that. TuneIn Radio. Uh, Stitcher, you said that. Spotify. Oh, my God, there's just so many. And Overcast. Um, yes, you can also find us on social media, M as in Mary, L as in Larry, P as in Peter, podcast, MOV podcast is our handle. Until next time, I hope you're enjoying your view. Yes. Bye. Bye. That kind of sucked balls. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.fm. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for near five dollars every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because five dollars, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere five dollars is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So then all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience? Like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead peasants? Oh, shit. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to joke workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's joke workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! <laughs> 
Listener, it's that time of year again. March 1st through 5th, it's time for the 4th Annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. Over 40 comics, 25 shows, 5 days, all here at Mutiny Radio, 2781 21st Street at Florida Street. 25 shows, 5 days, amazing comics from all over the United States here in San Francisco to entertain you with 25 differently themed shows hosted by local San Francisco comedians bringing you comedians from all over the United States here. Everything will be live, live streaming and podcast post. Get your tickets, $10 a show, 25 shows, a million laughs. It's the fourth annual Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival brought to you by Benders, Counter Offer and Subliminal SF. Friday night at 8 o'clock. There's this crazy thing called Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse here on Mutiny Radio. It's not usually sold out, though. What the fuck? Guys, it's the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival. The show is actually sold out tonight, so you guys are going to have to be friends with your neighbors. There are 30 seats in this building. These 30 seats have been sold. We're going to have people sitting in all these 30 seats. Uh, comedians, dead, dead, stand in the back, sit on the ground. It's going to be a fun time. Uh, but we do, we have, we have three thirty chairs in the room. So if you paid for a chair, you get a chair. If you didn't pay for a chair, get your ass in the back room, baby. You didn't pay for a chair. People paying for chairs. There's a child in the room. Yes, we are an all-ages event. No, it's okay. It's okay. We're all ages. We're not allowed to have alcohol here because the ABC came down. I learned many different laws. That's very exciting, but I'll never sniff a Snapple. That's a, that's a fun thing. You're a young Adult, you're, you are in junior high, aren't you, kind sir? You are in eighth grade. I used to teach. I only know this because I used to teach junior high. Uh, that's, oh, yeah. I was wooed. That's, I can't believe they paid me money to hang out with junior high boys. You know what I mean? But the funny thing is, 
Most of the junior high boys I was hanging out with now, then, are now in their 30s and they're comedians. So it's like the same. I, ta I taught emotionally disturbed children when I was in junior high. I mean, I was not in junior high. I was 22, so I was still a child. But I was teaching emotionally disturbed children who were 10 years my younger and now they're stand-up comedians and now I still hang out with them. Did that make sense? All comedians are emotionally disturbed children. That's how that's working. Yay, you guys are here. Is this your child? Oh, oh my God, you have two children of differing ages. No, you don't belong to anyone. He's an alien. Okay, this one is an alien from outer space. He just got dropped by a stork. He was grown in a lab and he's here. Science is now, you guys. He was born on Instagram. Can that happen now? Like you slide into the DMs and then you have a baby? Is that how that happens? I don't know. I don't even know what that means. I heard that from a child. I'm like, I just learned what DTF meant the other day. Like I was, I used to teach college and one of my students, he was a nice student. He said, oh, you DTF? And I was like, I don't, is that something about homework? There's no H in that. I don't understand how, whatever we, you have to sleep with your students after they're out of your class. That's like the rule of school. Anybody? No one else is. No one else has been a professor before. No. Okay, that's cool. Just me. Great. It's, it's FSU. Low low standards. It's good. Uh, I still. I have a. I'm wearing a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle sweater. This is this is like hipster crack. Like this makes this makes guys in the mission be like, "What's up with you? You have a comedy show? Where are we going?" Like, yeah. Follow me, young gentlemen. Let's skip together. Like the, there are more rats in San Francisco than you think. You don't know they're hiding. They're, they're gross. Uh, this is Bam Dance's Comedy Clubhouse. It's a show we do every Friday. It's very exciting that it's the festival. Uh, it's a very exciting time of year. I don't want to get political or anything, but like some dude the other week, who I guess we call our president, he said, uh, I used to not do politics, but now I do politics. Just this presidential quote. Just, just quoting the president. I'm sorry. Just quoting. Just quoting the person who runs our country. Like with the second grade like vocabulary. Cool. I used to not do politics, but now, now I do politics. So now I do politics. I'm gonna do a couple jokes about politics. Language is political. Am I right? All language is political. We say words. It shapes our lives. I am a female. I am a huge man. I am a person. We are all people. I know it's not spelled like that, but boys have a peephole and girls have a vagina. So that's, so we can tell you how that works. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what to call myself. I, I don't want to call myself a feminist, but it's the only word without the word men in it. <laughs> Actually spelled with an I. <laughs> I am a feminist. I can also read. She's a witch. She's a witch. <laughs> she can read. Ah! Burn her. She's a witch. I can. I can read. It's a hard joke for people because they're like feminist. Feminist. Is this spelled with an I? How's it spelled? Can you like get out the T nine on the spell check and be like, uh? I realize that the world. The world is making me dumber. The computer. The future is now. Because I don't remember anything. My computer knows all of my passwords. I had a nervous breakdown last Friday because I couldn't find like five passwords because I was at a different house with the computer that had memorized the password that the thing. Remember when we used to just memorize shit? Does anyone remember their phone numbers? Remember? Ah, you kids know. I remember my phone number. 
I remember two phone numbers from when I was your age. One of them is 8200294, which was my own area code. And the other one was 408-238-3974, which was my grandma's phone number. Who calls their fucking grandma, right? I did. I used to know her number. She's dead now. It's okay. She was great. She was a great lady. She, like, was in the Depression and taught me how to put ketchup bottles together and, like, be frugal and shit. Hide money in your closet. Like, seriously. Fuck the banks. Keep the money in the closet. That's what Grandma Benjamin taught you. The best thing when she died, it was like a goddamn Easter egg hunt. We just, like, spelunked that house. I was like, there are boxes of $10,000 here everywhere. One for everyone because that's how the taxes. She's a smart lady. $10,000 Easter eggs all over the house. What a smart lady. Miss that Grandma Benjamin. She was a real feminist. Uh, you know who's not a feminist? Uh, I, I don't want to make fun of her too hard because it's too easy, but our first lady. like, um, Does anyone know her name? It's Melan- Melania? Melania. Milan. Mil- does anyone know her name? Is it Melania? Yeah, I don't know because she never speaks. If she'd fucking say anything, I can't even make fun of her voice because she never fucking speaks. I don't know what she sounds like. What's her accent? She's from Slovenia or Slovakia. I don't know, but they both border hungry. And my God, she's starving, right? Like, give that girl a sandwich. Someone give that woman. She looks so pretty when she frowns. She's fucking gorgeous. It's like third wife, eyes down. She's, she is, she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. And I wish that she would speak. I'd love to make fun of her accent, but she never talks. Do you know that she speaks five languages? Yeah, right. Talk in any language. Say some. Show us on the doll where he hurt you. Like, what is it? Or you blink twice if you're okay. Like, yeah, we're gonna, we'll send the people to come help you, Melania. It's gonna be Lanania. Whatever your name is, you precious, pretty lady from a foreign country. I mean, we should, like, I'm all about protecting immigrants. And I say, start with the first lady. Like, is she okay? We're all so worried about this wall. Like, what about the walls in Trump's heart? Like, come on, man. Let's break that shit down. She's a real lady. She's so good looking. Like, is she not good looking enough? You have to, is her, her boobs aren't big enough? You have to sleep with porn stars? I don't know. I just feel like, I just feel like her struggle is my struggle. Like, I was so, I, ah, look at, there's cameras. This is crazy. There's standing rooms. Oh, my gosh. There are seats, though. There's a seat there. And um, someone could lay on the piano like like a sexy like a, a Kim Basinger or something like just sort of lean on it and be like oh this is happening here I shouldn't I shouldn't make fun of the first lady but I you know I can't I don't like to say his name you know he shall not be named that's how we work with that stuff and I and I don't want to get political but uh, knock knock feminism I can get my own fucking door thank you it's like the, I think it's a precept of feminism. I don't know how that works. I don't read as much as I claim to. Like, I think there was a thing, like some ladies read books and burned bras or something, and now we don't open doors for ourselves. We buy our own $5 coffees. Anyone have a problem with that right now? Like $5 coffee? It doesn't have alcohol in it. Like I go down the street. But if I'm going to pay $5 for something, it better have fucking alcohol in it. It's just coffee? Like, what is, what is this, a special coffee? What's going to make a, it's like heroin coffee? I'm going to be super happy, like, ugh. I don't think it's have weed in it. It's a weed coffee? That's fine. $5 for weed coffee. I'm fucking in. But just regular old caffeine, please. <laughs> 
I don't know what's wrong with it. It's, uh, I, don't, I don't understand what's happening. Okay, good. Look at that. I checked and it was a minute. Hi. Hi, does he have a camera? I hate cameras. I got it. No, it's okay. I got it. I, this, the thing is, this is a radio station. People kept saying, oh, are you going to Twitch it? Are you going to put it on the Twitch? Are you going to put it on the, you're going to Facebook it live. You're going to do the YouTubes. And I'm like, it's fucking radio. <laughs> like, who wants to film radio? The point is that it's radio. They're like, but it's the future. We want to like, you want to watch a podcast, you dumb fucks? Like, you listen. <laughs> It just seems so counterintuitive to me. It's just, like, it's a radio. It's like, it's like when you go see the ballet, you don't fucking videotape the ballet because it looks dumb. <laughs> like, it looks, have you ever seen the ballet on a tiny screen and you're like, look at the dumb, it's so dumb. Like, what are the little things doing? Like, what are they, and like, you don't even, years and years of work and mastery reduced to like these tiny little pixels.